Yo, what's good, y'all? Welcome this week's episode of Talks with Taboo. Welcome this week's episode of the podcast. Hope you're all having a great week, and I appreciate y'all being here, man. I really do. While you're watching this right now, my ass is on vacation, dude. As we speak, I'm on a beach, smoking me a fat-ass cigar, drinking me an ice-cold beer, jamming out the Colt Ford, dude. I'm having a good fucking time. But that ain't going to stop me from putting out this show because I have a good-ass time doing this show, and I hope you all have a good-ass time listening and watching whatever one, whichever one you're doing because we also have a good-ass guest today, a gal that's really been killing it within the music industry, making really amazing music, but also has a really great message and really pushing for equality and just changing the narratives of a lot of things. It's a very serious episode at times. Uh, my ass just let her talk because she'd be talking serious. I wanted to butt in with jokes, so I'm like, ah, I probably should right now, you know. You know, limits, boundaries. I'm, I'm learning them. I'm trying, okay. But uh, I love this conversation. Like I said, it was very serious. Definitely was a new perspective on the show that we have not had. And I enjoyed her very much, and I appreciate her coming on the show today. I'm going to let it get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, 100 Drums. Good to roll, Jeremy. We rolling. We rolling. And she's sparking. Cheers. Oh, damn. I got no, the I'm, honors. I'm, we're dapping them. Oh, I was like, Cheers. all right, I don't know if I want to get high. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to get better at it. <laughs> I got high on a podcast with Buku and G-Rex, and I realized, you know, it's the first time I'm getting high on a podcast, really, and they're just sitting there talking. Uh, Buku's talking, and as he's talking, I'm like, oh, shit, I should be listening to what he's saying. <laughs> I was high as shit. But you're in the clouds, like. Yeah, dude. I'm just like thinking about, you know, the laundry or something. <laughs> yeah. You know? I'm like, damn, I got a lot to do after this. <coughs> Sick. But welcome. Thanks, Taboo. Thank you. Thank you for being here. A hundred drums if we're going by our fake names. <laughs> Is it a fake name, though? I feel it's like. It, I feel like it's my name. Got you. Yeah. My name's TV Boo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was definitely one of the weirdos that thought it was t- TV boo until I saw your post. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. The V is an, is an A. It's taboo. Okay. Right. Yeah. You got to think about it a bit. <laughs> but how are you doing today? I'm pretty good. I'm just getting back from faded in a park in BC and autistic in the Bay Area. So I'm tired of shit. We can cuss, right? I don't give a fuck. Fuck yeah. You can do whatever you want on this show, dude. <laughs> Who would I be as a host to say you couldn't do something? So I'm be respectful, you know, rated R. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm good. I'm I'm tired, but I'm really happy to be here. I'm a fan of your podcast. Thank you. And uh it's an honor to be here. So yeah, I'm thanks. a fan of you. I got I'm glad I got to see you. I saw you for the first time at Red Rocks. Congratulations congrats on that. Now I'm trying to pay attention to you, you know. Okay. And also, you know, I, I wanna point out she brought her whole team with her today and to intimidate me, but you know, we got Tank and Adonis in the house, yeah. y'all. Mind warp. Yeah, y'all ain't going to intimidate me, okay? 
I don't think you can be intimidated, at least not by us. <laughs> no, nah, as he throws a heart up, dude. <laughs> but no, nah, it was good. I got to see your set at uh, at Red Rocks for Dead Rocks, and uh, it was awesome. You know, you. it was the first time going to see you live, I do believe so. And uh, it was it was great. Thank you. I know I'd said to you earlier, in the, uh, well, after it, you guys said like the 100 drums experience. And I was like, yeah, I get it. I was like, I never had seen your name with like the experience on it. Mm -hmm. But uh, but I, I got it after that. You know, it was like, yeah. yeah, it was like a very, you know, you had like a, you were shouting out your artist, which I thought was really cool. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, the 100 Drums experience is relatively new. Uh, we started that when I played La Red Rocks last year. Mm -hmm. uh, I opened for Rez, played the first slot. And um, something that I noticed is, you really don't hear people giving out credit as openly as I personally feel like people should. So I'm just going to lead by example and do it because what makes the set what it is, it's not just me. It's not all about me. It's about Kara Hernandez, who's Infinite Concepts, who does all the original art. It's about David, who's my VJ. He goes by Actualize. He brings all her work to life and adds a lot of his touches too. Um, it's all of our set. It's for all of us. And, you know, People don't know that when people come to, you know, see me at Red Rocks, like it's like, oh, it's just all 100 drums. But the thing is, is it's it's really not. And I want people to know <laughs> that and also explore the art that my friends do because their shit's amazing. Yeah. Like literally amazing. And I'm honored to have them as a part of the team to really make to make it a full experience. I couldn't do it without them. I, I, I just couldn't. Yeah. So uh, I love shout, shouting them out and putting people on game with them. Nah, I, I definitely get that. It looked awesome. Like it looked the art was kick ass. And went really well with the music. My favorite part was the the opening part. David, like, last minute found a 3D render, render of Red Rocks. And, like, you know, he made he made the render going in. And then my Skeletor, my Skeletor her name's Abriel. Uh, he, like, put Abriel all in the stands and then the big Abriel on the stage. So it looks like a big-ass Abriel, like, ritual sort of thing. It was cool. I thought that was the coolest thing. So when David and I practice our sets, which we, we definitely do a couple of times or maybe all day for the red rock set, we were in the studio, like all fucking day. Right. We were, we were like, we were in there. We rehearsed the set like three, four times. Girl, they ain't listening to you. They're back there working, checking emails <laughs> I know. and shit. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I got the nod though. I got the nod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh wait, she's talking to us. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Not <and> smile. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, like we we rehearsed it and then David comes in like, I got some sick shit. And I'm like, sick. I got some sick shit, too. And my favorite part is no matter what we've done aside, when we bring it together, it matches. Yeah, it fucking matches. Like, I, I don't know. It's 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 a different level of communication or connection or telepathic ability that I, I don't have with many people. And it's cool to have that with David and Kara. Yeah. It's also cool just building a team for like one certain thing, right? Like, yeah, it's a lot, you're up there playing, but you have all these other people involved to try to make that experience elevated. Yeah. 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 And that's always fun. Before we get too deep in this conversation, we got Jeremy back there again today. How you doing, Jeremy? I'm good. What's Show up? Show him, dude. We got Jeremy a camera now, got dude. A camera. What's up, everybody? Let's go. I'm not, as, I'm not as pretty as these beautiful people we we got on here, but we are gonna make it work. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but yeah, happy to be here. Happy to be helping out. So. Yeah, glad to have you back, buddy. Yeah, man. yeah people have been asking about this fool. So I was like, that's oh, cool. You put a camera on him. That's awesome. Put a camera on his cute little ass, dude. Yeah. <laughs> dude, so second time playing Red Rocks at this point, where it's just like Pfft, Red Rocks, whatever. No, no, it get, it gets more intimidating 
every time. Like I played the first one, I was like, all right, this, this like, like this is it. Like I need to, I need to make it like, this is my show. Put everything into it, and we did. And then here we are, the next year. Like, I got to do it bigger. I got to do it better. And I think this year with Dead Rocks is the year that it finally hit me. Like one day, I am going to headline Red Rocks, and this is like that. Like this is it. So. I don't know. I was really nervous. I paced a lot. Tank is always like five deep breaths before you go on. My mommy, daddy, who's a non, he's my other manager. He's just like, I'm going to get you all the ice cream. Don't you worry. Damn, my manager's <laughs> like five cold beers and you'll be good, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, like it's no, I Red Rocks would never be oh, playing Red Rocks. It's I don't know. It gets scary each time. Yeah, because there's more people there. And another part about that is, like, the people are, like, looking down on you. You know, it's a different viewpoint. And I know saying looking down on you has, like, a negative connotation, but that's not what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's, it's amphitheater. Just, yeah, it's like, it, it, I, I've only ever experienced that at Red Rock. So I'm like, holy shit, this is a different way of, like, seeing what I'm doing. And you could actually see everything that I'm doing. So it's more than just, like, playing the music. It's, like, an entire performance. I don't know, man. It's Red Rocks is... Unlike anything, it's it, it's it's unmatched for me right now. That was my first Red Rock show to go to. Really? Yeah. That's so cool. Make sure you go to Red Rocks to see live music too. Like I no. realized. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> EDM only. <laughs> yeah, dude. No, dude, you gotta check out bands. Like every SDS time. SDS Non's going. I'm gonna go to that. Good, good. Yeah. My first band there was uh, Sublime. Recently. Hell yeah. It was a, just just a couple couple of months ago, Aaron and I went, and I was like, damn, I can't believe this is my first like live music here at Red Rocks. I'm always here for EDM shows. Well, excuse me, I, I take that back. My first time at Red Rocks was to see Schmongle and the band. Mm. That was my first. But it's still electronic, but like the band members are there. I don't know. Rock. You got to see Rock. Right. <laughs> yeah, the Red Rock Cafe. Uh, it was, uh, no, yeah, that was my first one. It was inspiring as shit, dude. Like I, like I, you know, I'm a very like goal-driven guy. And like I just got the new goal when I went there. I was like, I'm going to sell this bitch out one day. Yeah, and when you do, do a stand-up as a part of your set. Oh, you already okay. know it, yeah. Tell us what's up. Yeah, the first half of the show is going to be nothing but stand-up comedy. Who else has done that? <sighs> Probably Jesus at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I have to guess. You know? Well, you're going to be the one, and I am fucking here for it, so I'm marking the words <laughs> That'd today. That would be cool, man. That would be so cool. That would be awesome. But yeah, it was, it, was, it was great seeing your set. Like I said, it was my... First time seeing that. I know you just mentioned Aaron, dude. What's it like being a DJ, dude? Does that shit suck? <laughs> it's actually the best because we understand each other more than, like, any other person can. Like, dating outside of the industry has its perks, of course, but, like, I don't know. I guess we're going to get into this. Dating in Denver is a fucking nightmare, all right? It's, like, it's it's just a nightmare. It's out of sight, out of mind kind of mentality. There's no effort um, it's really tough to find someone that I could share like core interests with and also be attracted to. I mean, I'm, I'm picky in that way. I'm pansexual. So you would think I have many options cause I like everything, but What's like, the, what, yeah, what is pan? Cause there's different stuff. There's like, I'm the pansexual, I'm bisexual. <laughs> I'm like a polygon, <laughs> polysexual, not polygon. Um, <laughs> but like, what, what are the, what does the pansexual mean? See, I worked at a gay bar for years and I still, they kept, they keep coming up with terms. I don't even know, bro. Like, it is a lot to keep yeah, up with. I'm like, what are you, what are you? A pansexual is someone that identifies as not conforming to gender. So, like, although I 
identify as she, they, those are my pronouns. I'm a woman. I don't care what you identify as. You could be a female, a Zebra. male, a male to female, female to male, non-binary. Um, it doesn't matter to me. If you're a beautiful person, you're a beautiful person. Yeah. Uh, but I do identify as female, uh, she, her. I guess I might have just always considered that bisexual or whatever. Just but that's like, just man and man, like female and male. But there's like these other subgenres of uh, sexuality I- identity. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. I mean, there are folks out there. There's a female transitioning to a male that, like, you know, is flat at the top and looks like a man and has a beard but still has a vagina. Mm. You know? So, <laughs> so, you know, it's like. It's the best of both worlds. <laughs> I get you, I identify as toxic. Yeah. Yeah. My pronouns are mine <laughs> and mine. But going back to uh, <laughs> going back to dating another producer, I think it's amazing ultimately because we just have a beautiful understanding of each other. Like this shit's this shit's go, go, go. This industry is like it's it's a constant it's a constant thing. And like it's all gas, no brakes, and time is tough. You're constantly on the road. I'm in Ableton as much as I can be, or a tractor, and like dating someone that doesn't do sort of the same, or at least have something that's as important to them, like their hobby, their goal, something that they're working towards. It can really make it hard. Yeah, there's that demand with I want to spend time with you, but it's like I need to make this EP. So can we like share the same space and lean on each other's backs and do that? You know, like. It's it's rare. So Aaron and I spend a lot of our time like eating sushi or hanging out in his studio. Like I'll go over there with my laptop and be with him and watch him too. He's literally one of the fastest producers I've ever seen in my life. Oh, he's fucking dope, dude. Now, I've <laughs> seen videos. I, I've been meaning to go hang out with him, dude. He said told me Should. to come over, but come I know, over. I'd love to, but his studio looks fucking awesome. It is. Yeah, dude. That's crazy. Yeah, dude. Tell me y'all get competitive. Please tell me. It's like, he, like you'll show him something. He's like, oh, this bitch fucking made a banker i gotta go do this now. you know what i mean like like the police tell me it's like that no it doesn't they listen to each other's music and give some feedback vibes he always asks me like babe what do you think of this i made like four drops and he'll have me pick my favorite one or i'll show him what i'm up to and he gives me a lot of like chord and progression like feedback because that's what i'm more like focusing more on with the hundred drums is i've always made so much dubstep it's just it's just it's just different you know you can throw a lot of shit everywhere and make it sound amazing but like now I'm dipping into my own musicality, like on a whole new level where I want to have these mood pushing keys or I'm trying to think of the best way to say this, but I'm just wanting to get a lot more musical. And I wrote a study beats EP a couple years ago called Sonder where I explored that realm a bit more. And uh, I'm doing that now with what I'm working on. So Aaron is far more musical in that realm than I am. I've always been a hand drummer and I've always just had a good ear. I know what sounds good. And I, you know, I didn't like get a chance to like spend so much time actually studying music, just kind of like on my own time teaching myself. So Aaron's actually been teaching me a lot in that way. And it's, it's been amazing. So that's what our exchanges are. That's cool. Uh, we're not competitive with each other. We also keep it separate. You know, we're doing our own things, but um, yeah, we definitely look to each other for, uh, um, we compliment each other's weak points. Mm. That makes sense. Like yeah. uh, something that I'm stronger in that he wants to learn, I get to teach him that, and then vice versa. So Damn, that's beautiful, man. It's it's actually, it's actually amazing. Fuck, I'm, I'm jealous. Now I want to date him. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now you said you were a hand drummer. That was was 
you never had any type of like musical background, hand drums, like bongos. Like, what are you talking about like that? Yeah. Uh, so I have a couple djembe's. I still have a couple now in my own place. Uh, so being a hundred drums doesn't mean that like I played a drum kit. I've actually never lived in a place where I was able to have a drum kit. Um, so hand drums was kind of like my escape, you know? Um, I just taught myself. I practice, practice. I'm high. <laughs> I practice, uh, flutes, clarinet, little bit of saxophone um, in grade school, but none of them hit like getting on a drum kit at school. I was like, well, this is cool. And then discovering like I could have a smaller one at home, you know, um, school was difficult. So I seek the drum to have an outlet. So I would just kind of go at it for myself. So I, I wouldn't say like uh, I saw or I went to school for drumming. It's always just been intuitive for me. Gotcha. Well, if you want to learn some drums, I'd be happy to teach you a beat or two after this. Okay. Yeah, you just had you never been able to play on a drum kit. Like, we got one right out there. It's just it's just super random at times, but I've never been able to have one of my own, and it makes it difficult. Oh, man, it's a yeah. – drums saved me, dude. Exactly. Legit. Like, I'd get home from a day of school, yeah. like, mad as hell. Exactly. And I would just scream and, you know, at the top of my lungs and beat the shit out of my drums. Like, yeah. they had me money. Why were you having a hard time in school? What my thing, man. God, I tried dropping out so many times. <laughs> How are you in school? Um, I had a hard time. Uh, I went to a private school, and it's kind of only person of color. And I was also confused about my sexuality, so I got called like dyke and vampire dyke, and it pushed to that's my creative locker. vampire dyke. Vampire dyke because I wore black. I was emo kid, hard rock and heavy metal and grunge. Was oh, dude, what I was, was metal as fuck, dude. dude. <laughs> my first concert ever was Slipknot, Coheed and Cambria, and Trivium. Oh, what a lineup. It was I, unmatched. <laughs> That's kick-ass, dude. Yeah. Mom was fucking Backstreet Boys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I totally got into some Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. I love Britney Spears. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, dude, whenever I DJed at the gay bar, I was just playing pop music all the time, so it, like, made my love for, like, you know, just those old pop bangers. Just How long broke. were you working at a gay bar? Like two and a half years. You I was the DJ. Man? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, plenty That's of awesome. dudes. So, Jeremy, if you want to kiss, dude, we totally can. <laughs> dude, I'll jerk you off right now. Oh, <laughs> damn, bro. Not on the podcast. That escalated quickly. God. <laughs> we're going to start OnlyFans, though. So y'all got to pay to see that. <laughs> Jesus. And just then, make sure you have your beer can. Oh, here it is. Yes, make sure you oh, have like a a, a, a a a pyramid right behind you as you're doing whatever your sex yeah, work we'll, stuff we'll is. Yeah, we'll double fist it. So. Jesus. <laughs> but yeah, dude. But uh, yes. Yeah. Oh shit! <laughs> Jer Jeremy just went go, there. Go in and not. He's been hanging around me too much. So I'm talking dude. about all gas, no brakes. Yeah. Music industry. <laughs> nah, dude, in high school, I was metal as shit, man. I was the guy. I was the same guy I was now. I was just passing out flyers to come see my band. And uh, my brother and sister were like, you know, my brother has a law degree. My sister has a master in calculus. And I'm like yeah. learning disabilities, but I'm a big musician. So I yeah. just, I would just try dropping out so many times. Thank God my mom was like, just no. hanging to get through high school, get through high school. I'm so glad she did that for me. But Cheers, I, mom. I just said, I want to go live in a van with my band. That's like, that was always my thing. And we weren't even that good, you know? <laughs> Like, if, if we were good, you know, it made a lot more sense, yeah. but we kind of suck. You know, we were Mississippi good, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I've actually never been in Mississippi, but... Hey, you, you ain't know. missing much. Yeah. You know... Where was Waterboy filmed? In Louisiana. Mm. Well, that was where it was placed. I don't know if it was actually filmed in Louisiana, That's but true. it was based out of Louisiana. That's true. 
But uh, that's why that movie's so special. Every time I watch it, there's like these little nuances. I'm like, they nailed that. They nailed that. Yeah, they fucking, they nailed that, dude. Yeah. They nailed that so much. Yeah, so being from California, like, was there like a lot of electronic music over there? I mean, I knew it was like a very housey place, but like, what got you into what you do now? Um, Insomniac events started in California. So they, those were like my first big raves that I went to. Um, I think I met someone at, yes. Okay, so uh, I was at an All God's Kill concert at D Piazza's in Long Beach. All God's Kill is a local band. My homies, they were sick as fuck. Odd God, all, all God's. God's Kill. Are they metal? Yes. That's like the most metal name. Let's just say Pantera was their leader. Nice. <laughs> yeah, like the best. And I met, I met this dude, and he was like, yeah, I'm going to this rave. And then, you know, I found myself at like some insomniac event, I think like TAO or something. Um, went to a bunch of those, got exposed to like trance music. I love trance. I still love trance. Dude, I'm big on the side trance. Big man. on the side trance. Big, like huge on the side. <laughs> I love the side trance. Dude. I was a side trance producer first. I got a good side trance story to tell that. you, but I want you to get through this. Okay. You'll like it. <laughs> um, and then I just like kept meeting people every time I go to these different raves until someone came up to me and was like, yo, have you heard of moon tribe? And I think I was like, at this time, I'm like 18, 19. And I was like, what's Moon Tribe? Like, this is renegade desert party that happens. And me and my friends, like, figured out how to get on the list, went to a Moon Tribe. The directions are, you know, don't share this email. Here are the rules. Uh, no track, like, no, leave no trace, coordinates. And I went to my first uh, desert party and had mushrooms and molly for the first time together oh yeah that's a yeah. good time yeah it was, a, it was a good time and that's what changed my life like i had kind of like just kind of like graduated from high school was thinking about what i wanted to do which is a funny story because my goal was to go to school uh to become an obstetricious gynecologist i wanted to deliver babies growing up and the female anatomy is the most powerful interesting thing i've ever been like able to learn and I was just like yes and you're also you're confused about your sexuality and your vaginas <laughs> it was a safe place to be <laughs> um yeah so like and then that's when my life changed like I just started that's when I learned about lightning in a bottle from going to moon tribe and then that was my first like alternative festival that wasn't like a fucking big rave and then that festival literally changed my life and I just played there this year for the first time after going for so many years I've been going to lightning in a bottle since 2015 the best festival. It's awesome. I got to play it one year. It's a good time. And then Electric Forest happened, but. <laughs> Tangsman wanted me to admit that Electric Forest is the best festival, and he's right. It is. Yeah, I've heard, dude. It's, I've heard it's it magical. Is. It is, but Lightning in a Bottle is kind of on that same spectrum, though, you know, where, like, they make use of all the things that are there. There's so much, so many different things you can stumble upon. There's always interactive art, music, jam bands, comedy, like, everything it's they have comedy there yes <laughs> Damn. yes <laughs> i know i stumbled upon a play yeah whenever i was there's like puppets and plays and, mm -hmm. oh damn but they got so electric force is you know like that it's just bigger yeah really like their skills is just bigger but yeah uh we went on tangent what were we talking about uh we we're talking <laughs> about vaginas or something I don't know. <laughs> i'm joking uh no yeah you were saying you went to these 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 events you know you went to lightning in a bottle but like that then you were just sold you're like all right i'm gonna become a producer like i want to make this like well, how did that roll just literally like that yeah i think it finally hit me after watching the glitch mom at lightning Ooh. in a bottle one year and they had their full setup it was amazing the blade yeah yeah it, yeah i think yeah the blade, the blade. 
That was also the year Bass Nectar played, too. Way to bring it down. (laughs) (laughs) But that set was sick. (laughs) Those shows were insane, dude. I know me and my friends went to a lot of those events together, dude. They're absolutely bonkers. But the reason... Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just saying, like, they were were awesome sets. Yeah. Yeah, they were good times. But the reason why it, it all, like, it all hit me at Lightning in a Bottle to, like, become a DJ producer was because as, like a drummer that just fucks around and do it as their own. Like I fell in love with EDM. I didn't really know at the time how to merge the two. Yeah. So seeing them do it, put it all together for me. And I was like, Whoa, okay. So that's how you do it. Mm. And then, yeah, I bought tractor. I bought tractor, uh, the S four. And I just like taught myself, asked my friends a lot of questions. Um, person that showed me a lot of what, like to get me going was my friend, Adam Astral from LA. And, um, yeah, and then just went for it. So I started DJing first before I started producing. And DJing uh, really taught me so much more about music outside from what I know just by going to shows and stuff. Like, it's it's just so different interacting with music by DJing. And, um, yeah, then finally was like, it's time to take my career to the next level after being exposed to it for the last several years, seeing where it can take you, seeing what you can do with it, the influence you can have, the change you can make. I was like, I have to start producing. That's mm-hmm. like, that, that, that's the way. So I did. Uh, so I've been producing now for about seven years. But I've been DJing for about 10. Gotcha, yeah. And also, I want to point out to the people, like I have people hit me up all the time, like, yeah, man, I want to start making music so I can play some shows. I'm like, you don't have to produce to go DJ a club or open no, up stuff. it like, can get you started. It yeah. really can. It's just if you're trying to just have fun DJing, you go do that. I know uh, back in New Orleans, like a lot of the openers and stuff for shows, like, just DJ stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, just DJing. It's like yeah. you can totally just be a DJ, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you but, can. Yeah. Joe Nice, everyone. Uh, literally one of the best DJs I've ever seen in my life, and Joe Nice is a very important person uh, for those that are educated in the dubstep world. Also, know. DJ Khaled, he doesn't even make music. <laughs> is he just a <laughs> <Z>? like Like, <laughs> Khaled! Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Is he just an MC? Is he a DJ? Is he a producer? He's a, definitely a dancer. Have you seen those moves? Yeah, Little John. <laughs> Actually, I think Little John produces. Doesn't he? Uh, dude, Little John's Does at a point. John he can produce? just pay someone to produce for him. No one gives a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, let him do his thing. He did some DJ streams on, on Twitch like during the pandemic. Oh, wow. And dude was playing hits. He was playing like unreleased shit by the Yin Yang Twins. Okay. It was it was dope. Like, he was a lot of fun. Oh, dude, I'm sure those <laughs> sets are wild. Oh my he God. has to be yelling the whole time. Like if he yeah. if he's just up there, like yeah, okay, <laughs> you know, like I want my money back. You know, he's got to be screaming that shit. He he did his thing, but then he also, you know, Lil John has a sexy voice where he starts talking like this. <laughs> Damn, I want to see him even more now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you said you've been producing for about seven years. Yeah. When did it start coming together for you? Like when it when did things really start to move around? Like I guess what I'm just trying to say is like when, what was the most pivotal point for you? where things just got a little different right now, right now just happened. Yeah. Like over the last three weeks, just because I have like the world's best fucking team. And my message is like really being received in such a way I've like always dreamed of. Um, People really just like (laughs) gave me these really big opportunities that I really have dreamed of. And, because it's happening and I'm living in that moment, I'm like, now's it. This is the time. Like, this is literally where the veil opened, and I absolutely have to nail this. I can't fuck up. I can't fuck up. 
And uh, that's been over the last like three weeks. How does it make you feel? Like, how do you feel about it right now? Because you're still on that high. It just happened. Intimidated, proud, scared, excited, pressure, lots of pressure. Because like my team is like, not just my team, but they're my family. And like, I want, I want my family to eat, you know, like my family works so hard for me. I've never had this group of people that works as hard as I do. And that's what keeps the band together. Like the band has to all want it just as bad as everyone. Like you have to want it equally. No one can kind of want it. You really have to like really want it. And all these years I've been making sacrifices, dedicating, uh, just doing all kinds of shit to like get to this moment. And like this happened, like I got laid off from my job and then all of a sudden it was like, boom, the most divine, the most, I'm shaking right now, like the most divine sign and, and message, you know? Yeah. Cause I moved out to Denver to pursue music. I came out here for this. Like at the time I was signed with submission. It made sense to be closer to the agency. And, um, uh, my first agent, Eric Bonavent, uh, he lived out here too. So it just like, you know, like it all made sense. And I got out here in September, took me a few months to get settled in. And then the pandemic happened. So everything just changed. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, now's the time. <laughs> I love that though. It's beautiful, man. I'm glad, I'm glad we were able to catch that moment though. Like it's still in the high, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's great, man. That's beautiful. I love that so much. Oh, fuck. I had something on my mind. I was about to ask too, how to deal with exactly what you were just saying. Oh, I, I think you wanted to know more about my corporate life. Yeah. How'd you already know, dude? Yeah, I would literally was about to ask, yeah, what was that job you were working? Did you work in a corporate job? Yeah, yeah, white collar, baby. He's doing real well. Um, All right, so I want to ask this before you get, what's the difference between, I know what a blue collar job, but what's a white collar job? More office. Blue collar is typically labor work. Yeah, labor work. Okay, got you. I didn't know what a yeah. white collar job was. I knew blue collar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I worked as a recruiter coordinator. Uh, I worked for this hospitality company called Sonder, and I was there for about two years. I got the job during the pandemic, just working in customer service. Cause I was like, I just need something to get me by right now. Cause like, I'm obviously not playing any fucking shows. Like I need a job. Um, and then only there for about six months and I got promoted and then been there almost two years and I got promoted again. Uh, just working as liaison between recruiting and, uh, human resourcing. So I would basically be a part of the onboarding and offboarding process, the hiring process, interview process. What were you recruiting though? Um, People to come work for the company, like hospitality agents to be at the buildings, or we need another lead real estate uh, uh, researcher or someone. We need another recruiter, customer service, anything for the company. Were you dying a little bit on the inside? No, because the company was a good company. Like, I had never been a part of, like, I've had many different jobs throughout my life, but this is the first time that I actually felt valued as an employee. That's it nice. sucks that I was recently let go, but I get it. it was a business decision. It was not a reflection of my performance. Um, so that stung, but I, I, I get it. Like the company is all about inclusivity, you know, like every month we were celebrating different things, like things that like I didn't even know of. So like all month we celebrated, celebrated pride. We celebrated black month or black history month, black month. Black month. <laughs> Black month. <laughs> Calling it that from now on. I know. <laughs> Black history month. No, it was it was awesome. And, and I felt like I was taken care of, you know. Um, I was able to take – it was full and remote. They knew what I did as far as 100 drums, so they were always, like, super supportive on that. Encouraged me to take more discretionary time off to, like, 
go play these shows. That's like, fucking awesome. I, it, it was great. I literally had the best of both worlds, even though my team was calling it the golden handcuffs. <laughs> and now they're pressuring you, dude. Yo, when I called Tank like I got laid off from my job, He's he was good. like, let's go. <laughs> Hell yeah. I love that, actually, And Tank. I'm like... <laughs> I didn't know how I felt about you before, but now I'm like, <laughs> no, nah, I'm joking. Tank, I like Tank, dude. He's cool, bro. I love him. Yeah. We met at Mission. And I was like, yeah, we were fuck. I was, we were talking shit. I was just like, yeah, I like this guy. For like, the it Look with Stranger shows? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. I was yeah. there. I didn't see you there. I played it. Uh, it was two nights that I went to the smoking night. Okay, got you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I made an ass of myself. Not really. I just <laughs> I just showed my ass. Did you, did you take all your pants <laughs> off <laughs> or all your clothes off? Dude, that was like the first time doing it in front of like a big crowd. My, my team, like, we're literally over there, like, okay. Okay. And now when I don't do it, they're like, "What? what's wrong, dude? What, what like, happened? No one pressed charges. We're good tonight. No, but now, now don't take my clothes off. Like, what's going on, dude? Yeah. Is everything all right? Or what's wrong? You changing? You yeah. okay? <laughs> you know? It'd be like that, though, dude. I don't know. So, like, you get you get laid off from your job. Was it, like, a panic? Or you're just like, fuck it. Here's Here's where I go all in right now on the music. This is where it gets crazy because I, um, after we announced that I was winner of the, of the excision based music initiative, I lost my job the very next day. And I had known that I had won about a week and a half before we actually announced it. So I was like, holy shit. Like I was starting to actually think now I think it's getting closer for me where I can actually leave my job. I was planning to leave, um, by like after new year. So I was kind of like my goal. Um, and then the initiative happened and then that really set me up. So I was already starting to think about it. And then when it happened, there was like in the interview, she opened up with saying this conversation is going to be hard for you. Um, we need to restructure due to the market change and the war we're cutting. Damn. It wasn't hard for them. It was just hard for you. I was his number at the time, but I can tell like my supervisor, Corey, um, it, it hit him hard, you know, cause I worked with him. I, I mean, he was pretty much the only person I, I worked with besides whatever other communication, but we did projects together. Uh, I tell he was hurting. His eyes were, were, were red, you know, and it was a hard moment because we, we got through the pandemic together. I was like zooming with them every day. Yeah, like it was more out. than just like my coworkers. We would like meet up and go have drinks, got drunk with them a couple of times. Uh, a couple of them came to my shows, like felt like a family. It was awesome. Um, what did they think of the music? Oh, they love it. Oh, cool. That oh, they yeah. were often, every time they see me on the cover of like their Discover Weekly or something, like it would get shared across the company. It was cool. <laughs> um, you should you should thank them for firing you or laying you off. You know, It what I'm was saying? a blessing in disguise, yeah. you know? Like, so when it happened, I wasn't in shock. I was just hurt because I was like, fuck, this is not how I wanted this to go. Um, but I was able to take it a little easy because I knew it wasn't a reflection of me. Like I didn't actually do anything wrong. And I just had to accept, like, this is it. But then I had my moment. I, like, was crying because I was like, damn, like, I just don't feel like 100 Drums is ready to support me yet full time. And I live a pretty, like, minimal life. I live in a really cute studio apartment. I don't have many things. I don't shop. You know, I live at my means, and I'm pretty happy. I really, I really like to invest in my gear, you know. Um, so, like, I'm not in any debt. I'm debt-free, and it feels fucking good. You know, so so it's like I don't have a lot of pressure here, but like just my apartment though in Denver is like an arm and maybe like half a limb to mm. pay for it. <laughs> oh, dude, and they expensive. just going up too, dude. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it was really about I just want to make sure my rent is going to be covered and like 
whatever. There's not many other sacrifices I can make because I already live pretty minimally. I own my car, not getting a new one. So, like, I don't know. It was a little scary. But then I called and talked to my team, Tank and Anon, and uh, Anon's first response was, all right, we got those golden handcuffs off. It's go time. And then Tank is over here like, let's go. Bro, I love that, so. man. That's, that gets me hyped. You know what I mean? Like, that just gets me hyped to have, you're like, yeah. I just got laid off. They're like, fuck yeah, it's dude. It's time. Yeah. And, like, their reaction to it at first was a little confusing because they knew how I, like, felt secure with getting my paycheck every other week, you know? And, like, it like that's pretty much what it was about for me. It's like, I can count on my paycheck. I have health insurance. I'm good. Like, I'm set. But, like. Yeah, having that stripped was was a thing, but their reaction made me feel like they really fucking believe in me, you know? Because like <laughs> it, that reaction says it all. Like they knew that that's what I needed to like let go of to really get to my full potential. And they saw it before I did. And that like made me feel safe and that I'm actually not going through this alone. Like I'm taking this leap of faith again. I had done like I left California packed a fucking U-Haul trailer and towed it over here with my truck and didn't know what to expect you know and uh so I'm doing it again only this is the way it was supposed to be in 2019 when I moved out here but the pandemic happened and it really set a lot of things back yeah I love it though because it lights a fire under your ass you're like I don't have Man. that I don't have that safety net no more Man. Yeah. yeah it does that was comfortable. I got comfortable. No, Gabrielle, you don't need that fucking job, dude. <laughs> I, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, fuck that shit, dude. No. <laughs> Keep killing it, man. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> I love that so much, dude, like for real. Like, honestly, I think I think what you do is, you know, what you do and just who you are is like great for the scene. I mean, like, I don't know too many black girls that are out there doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like straight up. Like Canvas, Honey Love, definitely my favorites. Ricola. I don't know any of those people. I don't. I are, you, are you? Are you? Are you like? Mm -hmm. No, I. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is it because I'm white? I don't know. No, okay, it's just you. <laughs> you know. I mean, I'm talking shit, dude. I'm talking about you. But you're right, though. You know, like I don't blame you for not knowing. There's just not that many of us. Yeah. So. Why do you think that is? From my own personal experience, getting involved with like the rave scene and the EDM scene, one of the things that I noticed quickly was that there weren't very many other people that looked like me. And it felt like a repeat of, you know, growing up. I grew up in Redondo Beach. It's like a really nice all-white neighborhood. Uh, went to a nice school. And um, I didn't see color then. It wasn't until, like, my accident happened you know, um, where I was. I, I'm a victim of a racially fused attack. We'll talk about that later. But when that happened, that's when I actually started to see color. I was, like, oblivious to it so much of my life. And, um so being around it, like, made me feel like, damn, like, there aren't many people. So it doesn't really have, like, that welcoming feeling. Mm. And, like, um, and then getting involved in the industry, being female at that, like, I just didn't feel like no one ever really took me seriously for a while. And then being a person of color, like, I'm already, like, all these things. Now I'm super different. Um, I didn't see many others doing it like me. Like, my inspirations for people of color in this shit was fucking Mala and Koki. And fucking Joe Nice. Like, they were my examples, you know? And I didn't see that here. So, in a sense, it made me feel like I had a lot more to fight. Like, I, I had, like, more fucking... Just, it, it's just harder. It's just harder. And I've had so many people, like, 
I'm not sure if the shows to play. Like, and I, if I happen to be with like a male friend or something, they like talk to him. Not talking to me when I'm like setting up my gear. First of all, no one fucking knows my gear and the way I set up. No one. It's and it it kills me that that is the reality. I've been playing shows for almost ten years, and not a single person understands how I set up. So when I'm having issues and I'm troubleshooting it, I'm talking to the sound guy. A lot of them are mad because like they don't understand my setup, but like treat me like shit, you know. But then if like a male is up here trying to figure it out, it's like a whole different dynamic. Typically, guys don't like being told they're wrong by women. Mm. And um, so there's a lot of that, you know. And if I, like, shoot off a little attitude because he's, like, grabbing the wrong thing and I'm like, no, that's not the cord. I'm telling you that's not the problem. He'll go say I'm a bitch, but he'll never say why. You know, why was I a bitch? Were you fucking talking down at me and belittling me because I'm a female setting up gear that you don't know? Like, why is that my problem? Let me teach you then. But... Dealing with those complications and trying to set up my gear and other male DJs are like big chesting me, like won't let me around them to like set up. Um, it, it's just really hard. So because of all that and not getting that support or seeing the warmth from the beginning as a female and person of color and being the only only one, like I just feel like that just makes more challenges. And um, yeah. <laughs> Does that also put like a chip on your shoulder? You're like, hold up, let me show these motherfuckers what's good. You know what I mean? Like where, where you know, you feel doubted and you're like, all right, fucking doubt me then. Watch this shit. Do you ever feel like that? I'm starting to feel that way now, but not before. Got you. Before it was more like um, I was really hurt. I was letting it get to me a lot. Um, and it was like, that just means like I need to know my shit and I would do that. But I've never really looked at it as like, let me fucking show this guy what I'm talking about. Yeah. It was before like, why is he being so mean to me? And I'm just going to, like, get better at this. Now I'll be quick with the quickness. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, hook a crook and tell a motherfucker, you don't know what you're talking about. Hell yeah. Now, because I actually know my shit. I feel like I've earned my stripes to defend myself a bit more and do it with integrity. Good. Um, But that does create some complications, too. I'm an easy target, and I've always been since school. People can easily, like, blame me for something, you know? say she was a bitch or she's a diva or this and that. And it's like, am I? But you say the same thing about everybody else. Like, I'm sorry that I have standards and values and morals for myself and I hold myself to a high standard. And, like, that doesn't mean I'm a fucking diva. It means I want to do the best and the best always with the best. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and if someone's going to, like, disrespect me because I'm a woman, I'm not scared to stand up for myself about it anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's all tough stuff. And I know many can like relate to this, but I'm going to try to shut that shit down. Mm-hmm. See, like, I like, I can't sit here and pretend like I feel you because I'm not a black woman, right? Like, everyone goes through their own shit. I mean, I've definitely deal with my own shit. I talk a lot of shit and I'm redneck as the hell. But like, <laughs> but I can't sit here and, and pretend like I know exactly like you know, how you feel about it or, like, the shit you went through. But I can, you know, I can relate to it a little on certain levels, you know what I mean? But, yeah. but uh, so it's like I hate that, but, like, I also love it at the same time for you, right? Like, 
motherfuckers doubting you and shit, you're like, you're about to show them up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a really good <laughs> feeling. Like, fuck all y'all. You know what I mean? Like, I love that for you. I'm sick of it. Yeah, I love that for you, though. And I want to stand up for others so that they think twice before they do it again to someone else, especially someone else that's like a person of color, maybe non-binary. They're obscure. I'm fucking obscure. Look at me. I have fucking tattoos on my face. I'm covered in black. I am black. I'm female. Like, I'm not just... The next cute white chick walking up. You're all the things I want to be. <laughs> no offense <laughs> to that, but it's like, hey, but it's like, it, it it makes things different for me, and I'm not discrediting anybody else's struggles. Yeah. But I know that the struggle that I have is shared amongst a massive population of people. So, like you were talking about, like the the different ways that people have treated you within the industry. How, what was it like from fans' perspective, like from the crowd perspective? Is there any of that as well, or is yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. So um, I released a very political uh, EP last year with Deadbeats called Enough is Enough. And um, <clears throat> on there, my girl Leah does some spoken word. And it's basically about what it's like being black in America from from her experiences that I also relate to and many others. And um, we got some bad comments about it on SoundCloud. Um Someone talked shit about my infrasound set uh, when I played for the family reunion. It was the first infrasound back since the pandemic. I opened up my set with Leah's words, and some people left comments saying, oh, the set was good after the whole black stuff. Like, why does that matter? You know, and, like, this is something that my team and I have talked about. It's going to be some backlash because I'm, like, bringing something political to, like, a party. You know, no one wants to talk about Black Lives Matter while they're partying and doing drugs. But, like, hey, I kind of do. And, like, because there's more to me just being up here and spinning tunes. Like, I'm trying to say something here, and I want others to relate to it. And, I don't know, just be aware. And so, yeah, I definitely got some comments like that. Hell, the other day on SoundCloud, can I say it? Say it. They ain't even here. Can I say it? Someone sent me a message and said, you stupid for no reason. Just no reason, just because people want to spread hate. And because I'm putting myself out there, like, saying, hey, like, I want to, like, represent myself as a positive person, but also I'm taking note that there aren't many other black people that look like me, so I want to represent them too. And, like, I'm putting the message out there. My Red Rock set, I opened up with Nina Simone talking about black excellence, and, like, people come out to attack me for doing that. And that just, that is what's fueling my ass. Mm, That is what's fueling my ass. Like, oh, you mad? Okay. The fucking audacity to fucking DM you. The hate, the hate, the hate's there. Jesus. The hate's Christ. there. Christ. In, In this so climate? Ways. Jesus. Oh my God. That's yeah. wild, man. I mean, anything that you do outside of like, it doesn't matter who you are, what you do, right? If you do anything, uh, like say you're an artist, right? If you yeah. do uh, any, you talk about anything or do anything outside of the music realm, there's going to be people who talk shit. You know, oh, I, I, I deal with that stuff. Not on a level that like, you know, it's a different level. You know, like it's I said, I'm, I can't, I can't relate to how, how it's been for you, but I can, but I yeah. hear you. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to say one's greater than the other. I think struggles are a struggle. It's, 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 it's just different. That's all. Cause I'm. Sure, there's some shit that's fucking hard for you too. I I believe it might be a little hard for a white man in America right now. Like a lot of white men are getting a lot of like a lot of a, a lot of <laughs> I don't even fucking know how to say it, but like are they putting us down, dude? <laughs> I'm I, fucking with you. Like, white cis men like are like fighting to keep their privilege because like others are getting 
a piece of it too. And it's like shifting, you know, like the pendulum has swung in a different direction and shit's all crazy. And oh, dude, sometimes tough. I'm like, I'm a straight white male and I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I'm fucking... And a bearded one at that. I know, dude. The Lord gave me facial hair. <laughs> it's not your fault. It's not your fault. I know, dude. I, I blame the Lord. <laughs> Don't come at me. <laughs> Nah, like I, I, that's something that I did want to bring up though, like, cause I like you're the first black woman I've had on the podcast, so it's just like this is a perspective. Hey, you got an all black crew. This is the most black people I've had in the studio. I gotta say this. <laughs> what? Which word? No, no don't worry about it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We'll say sure. I'm, like, I'm, I'm joking, dude. I don't know when to shut up at times, dude. I just be joking. Mm-hmm. I don't mean anything. But no, it's it that that was the perspective I wanted to like kind of get out from you because, like I said, I've never had that perspective on the show, and so I appreciate you sharing that with me right now. For, For sure, real. Thank I'm you. an open book, and like it's a lot to talk about. I feel comfortable and safe here with you, and a lot of people were really excited that we were doing this show today. Um, yeah. No, I was excited <laughs> to have you on today. For real. Me too. You know, I've been. I've been seeing you over, I think I, I had, so when, originally when I saw 100 Drums, like the name, I thought, <laughs> it, <laughs> you know, I would, uh, when I originally saw 100 Drums, I thought it was a KJ Sokka side project <laughs> for some reason, you know what I mean? Because it's just having to do with drums, cool. you know, I always think of like KJ Sokka or something like yeah. that, you know, I'm, I'm a drummer myself, so I'm like, sure. oh, hell yeah, 100 Drums, that, I like 100 of them, you know what I mean? So, like, I checked it out, and I started, you know, listening. The music is awesome, and then Thank getting you. to see your set was great. And, uh, no, it's just been cool watching you over the past couple of years. It's 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 been really cool, and I'm glad uh, we got to sit down and talk about this today. Hell, yeah. 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 But to the side <laughs> trance, you know? Oh, I love side trance. Like, it, it was one of my favorite electron, like, EDM styles of music to explore because it's just like high energy um my favorite side trance record is zenin records they i feel like they have like the like the most eclectic style of side trance because you know there's like dark side four side full-on progressive um they have a lot of bass in their side trance you know it's mm-hmm. like like it, it, it's so good so um yeah, I used to DJ Psytrance. I've played Psytrance parties in Europe. Ooh. Um, I've been to Boom Festival, which is the biggest Psytrance party. I know about Boom. I was there for seven days and took it all in. It was literally the best. Damn, you were straight walking it out. Yo. I, uh... More of a hippie. I was more of a hippie during that time. I was also farming. I was still in California doing all that life. Oh, me <laughs> me and Aaron actually came up with the thing that Wook is not a great term anymore on the podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, I still, but I still have a, a, a positive, you know, outlook for it in my book. Yeah, you know? th- I think there's different genres of Wook. Yeah, different levels of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you're, you're, you're pansexual, so you don't even care about the genres. No. But, uh, dude, so I was, uh, I was like 19, I think, or like 18. Yeah. And my brother called me on a Thursday, and he was like, hey, man, you want to go to a Psytrance festival this weekend? I said, what the fuck is Psytrance? I fucking went, dude. I went full in. I smoked DMT, dude. Fucking went into the hole, bro. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there all weekend just like, I'm like doing hand <laughs> motions I ain't never done. I'm like playing with my fingers. I'm like, oh, dude, I'm feeling it. I got it. I got it. I yeah. totally got it. I, right away. I went all in, dude. Right away. Yeah. yeah. That That's the way it hit me, too. I was like on a whole other level, like just the energy and the happiness. And I was like always at side trans parties with a bunch of Israelis. And I'm just like, oh, my God, my people. It was fucking Those amazing. aren't your people, though. 
you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're because you're Cuban, ain't you? Uh, half, yeah. Half Cuban. That's cool. My dude. father was, and my mother's black. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. I wish I had something in me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm just pale as fuck. Like just give me some tint. You know. Yeah. I wish yeah. I had some tint to me, bro, because I got to be in the sun. I burn and shit. You probably so you just, just turn red. I just turn red. Yeah. You know, if I try really hard, like I'd really protect the skin, <laughs> I, I might get a shade. You know what I mean? But I just wish I had a natural tint to me. Yeah. You know. I mean, melanin's nice. <laughs> you can color it in a little bit. I did. I didn't think I was black enough, so I was like, I'm going to do some more. Damn, you like, yeah, I, I like, <laughs> so how do you feel about people, like a white guy getting like a blacked out arm tattoo wise? Does that bother you at all? Because I, no. I didn't think that was a big deal, but then I was talking to somebody that are like, I don't agree with that. I was like, oh shit, I never even thought never, of it like that. I don't see why. It doesn't yeah. belong to, I mean, black work tattoos is like, I, I don't know. This is actually new. Yeah, th- it was new to me. I was like, that, that didn't. I never even thought of it that no, way. I was I'm just not like, offended with that. I'm also not offended if I see a white person with dreadlocks because dreadlocks don't belong to just black people. But I can tell you what, dude. They don't belong on white guys either because my brother had dreadlocks. <laughs> that motherfucker was ugly as shit. The Jews had them. The Vikings had them. Yeah, that's true. Vikings <laughs> look cool with it, dude. But a guy from Mississippi with dread, Dude, my brother looks like shit, dude. It did not look good on him. I say, like, if you have dreads, you're supposed to take care of them. Like... You're supposed to take care of them. I, sometimes, like, there are some people out there that give dreads a bad look because they just, like, are nasty with it. But that doesn't mean, like, I find it as, like, culturally appropriating Got right you. off the bat. My brother's dreads weren't nasty. He just looked nasty with it. Yeah. He just didn't look good with them, That's dude. That's just nasty. Yeah. Yeah. It was a bit, <laughs> he tried, man. I will say, he went in. He he tried. Yeah. And that's a fucking process. Yeah. Yeah, it ain't just an easy thing to just get dreads. It's not like a... It took 10 hours when yeah. I got mine. And yeah. I had to really think about getting them too because of the dynamic that they put into my life. Like, at the time, I was still thinking about going to medical school. And, like, I had to think, like, if I want to fucking become a doctor, then, like, am I going to get judged because I have dreadlocks? Ooh. You know, like, I used to work as a manager at this coffee and wine bar um, in San Francisco called Nook. Um, before I moved to corporate, I was a barista for years. I fucking love coffee. And, um, I remember the owners telling me like, yeah, no one with dreadlocks. And I was like, huh, this is like after the fact I decided not to go to school and stuff. But just like, I already was like thinking about that because dreads are looked at as like dirty or whatever because of the wooks or something, even though it's just literally my natural hair, my hair does this and I maintain it. So it stays as tight and clean as possible. But like, um, it, it was it was really difficult, but then I was like, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to do it. So I dreaded my hair, and it took 10 hours. Damn. You ever seen a doctor with a mullet? Mm. Do you think <laughs> do you think those same people who said no dreads would say no mullet? No mullets. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't think I ever had, but, like. It's slut-cut summer, baby. You know what I'm cool. saying? It'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't been to any hospitals in Europe. You know, like, your mullets are, like, this style haircut is, like, big in Europe, too. Maybe they look at it different in Europe than we do in America. I mean, how do they oh, look no. at it here, dude? Fly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I. That's all I hear. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but this 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 has been fun. Uh, we do got a bunch of fan questions, but Jeremy, did you have yeah. anything you want to ask Gabrielle? Yeah. So, um, let's see. When you were getting into the getting into the music scene, I know you had been DJ DJing for a minute um, before you got into producing. So, like. You know, you you dealt with struggles coming up being a female DJ. So, like, what was your steps and process of getting past that barrier um, and, like, getting your music out there and getting 
getting notoriety from uh, different record labels. You said your first label was Submission that you were signed with. Um, um, a booking agency. Booking agency, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, you know. Uh, no, that's not the first one, by the way. Is that not? No, gotcha. no, no. Listen, I'll, Jeremy. I apologize. I'm trying. There's a lot. There's Just a lot set to take the record in. straight. Yeah, um, it's okay. I apologize. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, so what was your steps and processes of going about getting your name out there and getting in touch with these people and all of that? So, Yeah, I think because I started producing, I actually started to gain more uh, respect from people for some reason. Because, like, at the time, like, I mean, maybe there's still a little bit of it now, but some people look at just being a DJ as maybe not that valuable. And so when you produce, you're doing a lot more. I see them both as equally as important because, like, producers need DJs and DJs need producers. Um, I think they're both an incredible skill to have. But, like, because, like, I started producing, I feel like just people started taking me a bit more seriously. Um, as far as, like, the challenges and stuff through it, it's still the same. It, it's still it's still the same, and I think some of those challenges even started happening more, like, as I actually started to become, like, more recognizable, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess ultimately just um, how did I get through it? It's just, like, believing in myself is, like, the biggest one. And um, I started to think, like, there's more to it than just, like, music like I was already from an earlier time taking on that I was only like the very few if not the only black person that was around and I wanted that to change and I knew that like if others see me doing it they'll want to do it too maybe I can inspire them or maybe they're already feeling it but they see me doing it and now they're like oh shit if she could do it I can do it and I've had people come up to me and literally say this to me mm. um, happened a few times at Electric Forest aspiring DJs and non-binary and black. And oh, just I've had like, rednecks who are like, hell you. yeah, dude, you got it. I can do it too. Fuck, yeah, bro. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that, like, those antidotes are what, like, keeps me really going because I'm fighting a bigger fight. It's not just about me anymore. Do you think that also helps you, like, stand out a little bit? You know what I mean? Like, because there's so many producers, so many DJs. I mean, obviously you dealt with stuff being a black, a black female DJ, that, do you think that also, like, helps you as well? Like, I stand out a little bit more? Um, Yeah, I think so. Because, I mean, we all can, like, DJ and produce and stuff, but I feel like we all need to also bring something to the table that really makes us stand out, to stand out. Mm. And, um, I mean, I don't know anybody else that speaks on these things um, as much that are also like me in the industry. You know, so it's like perhaps that does add more value to what I am doing because they know I come with the bigger message. I'm not just another producer female that they're hiring. They're hiring someone of color. They're diversifying. They are giving me a bigger platform to spread a bigger message. And I do think that does help me to stand out a bit more in a really positive way. And that's why I've deemed this as being bigger than me. I love that. That's a positive way to look at it, too, dude. Right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that. Jeremy, do you have anything else you want yeah, to ask? Yeah, so actually stemming off of uh, what you just said, um, so I'm going to go in, I guess, like the branding aspect of 100 Drums. Yeah. How did you, like, I assume when you first started getting into everything, I assume that wasn't like the initial idea or plan. So like how did you form that? And then once you formed it, how did you go about putting that into place and like and bringing that uh, idea to, to life basically? Okay. Um, it took years, <laughs> a really long time for the vision 
and the branding to actually come together. It takes a bit, of bro. Yeah, because like for the first handful of years, I don't know, probably like the first like half of the time, first five years, I didn't exactly know what the project looked like until it started having certain kind of effects to lead me as to what it could look like or what it should look like. Um, so what do you mean by effects? Like, like um, the response from people, the vibe, just like, oh, when I see this, it makes me feel this way. And this is like the feeling that I really want to like translate. So it's like finding something that triggers this thing. You know, like I got the sound, but now like visually that like really brings it together because you got to stimulate all senses. And so one thing kind of led to another. So like my Skeletor, Abby, Abrielle, um, transpired because I love skeletons. I love skulls, you know, like being a metalhead, like, I used to have like a train of skulls tattooed on my arm, real shitty with flames that I got covered up. It was bad, bro. You had the damn, uh, you had Night Rider on your damn. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it was bad, and um, and so like I knew like I wanted something with a scully, and then um, you know I really love like dark arts. I love like a lot of vampire movies, so I was like I want to kind of have like this like sexy kind of like mysterious vibe with it. So that kind of translated in like the logo. And then, I don't know, things just started, like, like little ideas would pop up, and I would, like, sort of just start bringing it together with, like, the, like trying to find who I can do it with because, like, I'm not I, – I don't draw. I'm not an illustrator. So I have the vision, but it's, like, I know I can't do this by myself, which excites me because now I'm, like, holy shit, I get to, like, work with somebody else to, like, build the vision. So Kara Hernandez, Infinite Concepts, is the first person that I've, like, partnered with to actually establish – what the brand looks like. So she and I were friends first. I met her when I moved to Denver and um, we were already friends online and stuff. We actually like bonded when I got out here and I saw her art and I was like, I fucking love this. Like, Hey, and then one day after a couple years, I'm like, Hey, do you like want to do something for like my cover art for my EP? And then she got stoked. And then she's like, do you have any ideas? And I was like, honestly, I love everything you do. So I'm sure whatever you do, like, I'm going to love it. So just, like, go for it and listen to my music while you do it. And she did. And then she took a photo. Uh, like, I had take, taken this photo in in front of a painting by, um, and she turned it into a Skeletor. And she just did that without me telling her. So she already, like, sensed that and felt that, not even knowing or having me tell her, like, I love skeletons, you know? Mm-hmm. And then that was the start of it. So, like, um, yeah, that's how that came together was just, like, having all these little anecdotes through life happen and getting, like, the vision and then figuring out how you could make it happen. And I did that with um, meeting Kara. It sounded like you just found out things that, like, you really like about yourself that kind of, you know, taking bits of yourself and putting it out there in yeah. a different way, you know what I mean? And I, I always so. that's something I always tell, talk to Jeremy about. Jeremy has great questions cuz he's an aspiring producer and he know hey. so he, you know he has he's got a really <laughs> good perspective on the questions and stuff. So good question Jeremy, appreciate you buddy. Appreciate you buddy. Yeah. Let's uh let's get to some van questions here though. Hi, this is Kate with St. Louis, Missouri. Uh this question is for 100 drums of course. Um I just wanted to ask about your set at the Grand Artique for Recno's Big Gay Foray. Um, it was super awesome to get to see you and Notlo and Kiva go back to back. Um, and it was really awesome to hear you play some, like, Psytrance. Um, I just wanted to know, like, 
what music do you like to play that you don't get to play very mm-hmm. often? Um, and like what genres do you really enjoy playing that aren't part of your usual repertoire? All right. Before you answer that, I just want to say Jeremy and I figured out how to send the fucking questions to our ears, dude. We're getting That's more so professional cool. by the day. Upgrade, so cool. son. We used to have to take an ear off, listen on the speakers. No says I, dude. That is so cool. Yeah. We figured it out. Congrats. That's it was awesome. not hard. That makes a big difference, though, for real. Oh, I figured it out last night when I was laying in bed. I was like, I wonder oh. if I could try it like this. He came over and we did it. And we're like, Yes! <laughs> Um, that's a really cool question. Yeah, at the at Recno's Big Gay Soiree at Electric Forest, um, I did like a 15-minute segment of reggae dub, which is a genre that I don't get to play very often, and psytrance. Um, and uh, I because the reason why I only did like a 15-minute section is because I had to run over to the observatory to play my main set at five. So I needed, I needed a little bit of time to like get into the mind space for that. Um, so yeah. Reggae dub is one of my absolute favorites. Um, Psytrance, uh, as we were talking about that earlier, I used to spin Psytrance a lot more in the beginning of my DJ career and uh, even played some European festivals. Oh, my God, the best time. Uh, I fucking love progressive house. I think I'm getting into bass house a bit. I never really explored the genre too much, but I love going to, like, BG shows. And uh, BG's so dope. He's so fucking dope. So dope. <laughs> And uh, getting into some bass house. Honestly, to be completely transparent, I love everything. There's good and bad in everything, in in all styles of music. I'm not really into country music. I will say that. But. (laughs) I'll show you some good country, dude. And I believe you. Honestly, I I fucking believe you. I got an unreleased country bass music song. It's it's country and EDM. I call it Yeedium. Yeedium. Yeah, I got it. I literally got it. I think think after this podcast, I'm going to show you, and I might change your whole perspective. And I'm so open to that. Cool. I'm open to that. I, cool. I will I will give things a chance. Yeah, so um, a song about a dirt road? Yeah. <laughs> Blue jeans, Friday yeah. night, whiskey, my girl left me, my dog died. Come on. <laughs> you get you get the formula. There it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, nah, dude, I wish, dude, if I could play something I don't normally play, dude, some like big fruita style Nola bounce, dude. Mm. Get you, 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 wiggle with it, wiggle, 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 dude. I listen to so much Big Free in the car. Cupid Shuffle, let's go. Hell nah, bro. What? Oh, dude, the OG Cupid Shuffle. The OG Cupid Shuffle. Down, 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 yeah. To the left, to the left. Try it. See how it goes. It's fun, you know, dude. But like, yeah, if I could do some Big Free to Nola bounce or like, I love like. Deep house, yeah. Like oh, the yeah. deeper, the better. Fuck like yeah. just like a sexy ass deep ba- bass yeah. line. Yeah. Oh but yeah, into it. It wouldn't work in a in a <laughs> in a taboo set though. Maybe the big Frida would. I should just do it. I mean, if you're doing like you got your taboo set, but then you just like play somewhere random, and that's the set where you do the thing. Tabooty. I do a tabooty <laughs> set, and I'm just playing a bunch of fucking booty bounce. <laughs> yeah. That'd be awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. I'm gonna, that was I'm a good gonna, question. I'm gonna do that now. Let's get another one, Jeremy. <laughs> Hey, my name's Allie. I'm from North Carolina. My question hey, is Allie. for Gabrielle, 100 Drums. Um, first of all, I think you're amazing, and I'm asking this question with a glass of red wine in my hand. Hey. Um, so my question is, as a woman in the music industry, especially like in bass music, because um, let's be real, this industry is super dominated by cis hetero white men. Um, my I'm question sorry. is for you, how um, have you maybe 
taken being a woman, a queer woman especially, how has that worked for you and how has that worked against you? Like what kind of obstacles have you maybe faced, but how has it also worked in your favor? Um, I think you're amazing. Thank you so much. See, we already kind of touched. You're also very cool. Oh, thank Bye. you. I'm sorry. I'm a cis white man. I don't even know what cis means because I ain't a sissy. No, it's not a sissy. Okay. A, a cis white male is pretty much a definitive of this. So you are. I'm you, definitive? I don't like know. I'm also a very like, confused white male. Look up, look up the definition. Are y'all laughing at me? We're laughing with you, Mitch. Uh, no, I, don't, I think they're laughing at me. Uh, yeah, dude. I don't know. I'm a very confused white male. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I don't want to dig into that question too much. Cause we did cover that along the podcast, but um, you know, as I said, it does create some struggles um, because people just are intimidated or scared of something or someone that's different. You know, it's a big part of it and uh, they feel threatened. Uh, so I feel like some of that makes people like not want to give me the chance because of some of these reasons, but obviously ain't stopped me. But uh yeah, I wouldn't say it's also just something particular in bass music. I'd say it's just an EDM entirely. Um, and, uh, yeah, the goal is to just spread more awareness and make a change by being the change. Hell yeah. Yeah, you different, dude. Pull up to the scene with your ceiling missing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Great well, question, though. Yeah, All right, let's hit these questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I made it weird. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, this question is for 100 drums um, coming from a native from Denver, what is your favorite place to eat in Denver, Colorado? And where is your favorite place to play in Denver, Colorado, if it is not Red Rock? Nice. I need I need that answer because I've eaten some terrible food since I've moved here. I think that actually happened yesterday. Erin um, and I went on a date, and we went to the best sushi spot like the best sushi spot I have been to since I moved to Denver. Remind you, I'm from California, Los Angeles. So there's like some of the world's best sushi places are there. Oh, I feel you, girl. I've been this living. This spot is so bomb. It's called. <laughs> Mak Ma shit. Hold on, let me say this. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, maki zushi, maki zushio, maki maki zushi, maki zushiyo. It's M A K I Z U S H. I C O. You want to try? Oh, dude. Yeah, I think I so. Have a, it's it's look, south if, from if here. If I was gonna read it, it's fire. Mitch, you know you can't read, man. You gonna hurt yourself. My zoo <laughs> show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I suck, bro. Nah, dude. So like, I've been needing, I've been needing that answer because I've eaten some bad, dude. I lived in New Marquee Orleans for the last five show. years, bro. I ate fucking yeah. good as hell. Yeah, no, for real. There's good food out there, and um, I, I right now like. Red Rocks is my favorite place in Denver, or it's actually in Morrison, but it's my favorite place to play right now because it's it holds a very special energy. It's a very special place. It's been around for so long. They share the stage with, like, so many legends and people that paved the way for us to be doing what we're doing there today is, like, big. So that's 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 huge. Red Rock. Red. Red. Red Red Rock Cafe. <laughs> Red Rocks. But uh, there's still more venues to play. Like, I want to play Mission. Dude, I Mission hits. It's, oh, I love going there. I've been to so many shows there. I love it. Yeah, it's I my favorite play Temple, venue. Temple, yeah. Goth Theater. I want to play the Ogden. Like, there's so many other venues. I play the Ogden. I play the Ogden, I think. It's in Fort Collins, right? 
No, it's here. No, I have not played the Ogden. Oh, you're right. It's on Colfax. Okay. I'm thinking of the one in uh, Fort Collins. You're thinking of the, um, not the Fox. That's in, Mm -mm. that's in, uh, I'm thinking, the Aggie. Aggie. Yeah, the The Aggie. Aggie. Yeah, the Aggie's dope. That was fun. With Opio. Oh, nice. That was a fun show. Hell yeah, Opio's tight. I'm actually going to do some dates with him this fall. Mm. Yeah. Hell yeah. I was late. I saw him. He was in town. Playing a show in Denver, and I was late. I was like, "Fuck!" If I would have known, I would have asked him to be on the show. <laughs> I had to sure. download this app, EDM Train. You heard of this app? No. And they're not a sponsor of this app, but if they want of the show, but if y'all want to sponsor this show, <laughs> you totally can. Plug. Yeah, if you want to sponsor it, but it's an app. Damn, I'm just giving out free advertisement. It's an app <laughs> with just like all the electronic shows in the area, and that thing's been a saver for the podcast. Yeah. 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 That's sick. So EDM Train, if you're listening. <laughs> Sponsor. What what were you pointing at yourself for? Yeah, nice. it's dope. Nice. Huge advocate over here. More yeah, sponsor, we got some more questions. Sponsor the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Taboo, I love you. I love this you. Brian from North Carolina. What up, Brian? 100 Drums, I love you so much. Thank you. Um, I saw you in Charlotte, and I got to see the Electric Forest. Holy shit, what is that? Yes. Um, My question <laughs> is, I guess for both of you, but what was the toughest thing when you were getting started? Like, um, was it a discipline thing? Was it like, uh, you know, booking? I don't know. What was the biggest hurdle you guys had to go through when you were getting started off? Thanks for the time. Peace That's out. a great question. Do you want to start off with that? Uh, Yeah, but I mean, I feel like we definitely talked about that throughout the podcast, so I don't want to, like, elaborate on it too much more, but all the things. <laughs> um, discipline came easy because I knew it was like something that I really, really wanted. Like you got to go all in. Like I, I, I knew that, but I think just like uh, the challenges of the ones that we talked about earlier, just like being a female and trying to be taken seriously and not automatically judge because I'm a woman and I might not know what I'm talking about. Um, things, things like that were the biggest ones. It felt like punches, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I ain't never judge you. I feel like you could probably kick my ass if you wanted to, so. I have fenced for about six years. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I think my biggest struggle was the balance, Mm. you know, between, like, my personal, like, between Mitch and Taboo. Yeah. Like, that was something I fucking struggled with hard. Just, like, not being able to leave it in the studio or turn it off. Mm-hmm. I was just like taboo with everything I was doing. Do you feel like you have more of a balance of that now? Fuck yes. Nice. I was I would literally said it yesterday um to my girl. I was just like I, I feel so like light right now. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I feel like I have the best balance I've ever had. Like just being able to like leave in the studio. Obviously if you if you love something you're gonna work hard for it, right? If you're not yeah. truly in love with it, you're you in you half ass. Your heart's gotta be all in. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm all in on this music game, but like yeah. man, I like to go out and have a good time. I like to go do things. I like to do comedy. Like I like to go do yeah. other stuff. I wanna come to your shows. You should, dude. I, it'd I be, have every intention. It, it'd be good, man. And yeah. uh but but <laughs> I just uh I don't know. Now I feel so balanced and I just know how to turn it off and Whenever I'm not working, I'm just like enjoying myself. I couldn't do that for a while. I was just yeah. I was always thinking and just always on my phone, like what are, what's going on? Yeah. Like it was always that. But now I feel so I feel so much lighter and I have so much more fun. Like I'm having so much more fun. Mm-hmm. You know, like I obviously have fun being taboo, but I have so much fun doing Mitch shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you got a new girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. And that that actually, you know, I you know, I had a girlfriend whenever I was doing this, whenever I was struggling. It's and, different and it this was, time. It was different this time, but, like, dude, yeah. it was, uh, I, I, big 
issue we had was me balancing. I couldn't do it. That was probably my biggest struggle with it was just being able to turn it off and go. I couldn't sleep it, and I was trouble sleeping. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I was just yeah. overthinking everything. Now I'm yeah. just like, fuck it. Let's do it. Now I don't give a fuck now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. That do you ever struggle with the balance? Um, yeah, definitely on and off, um, trying to like maintain just like survival as I'm like chasing this dream, you know, like, uh, in California, um, being a farmer full time, like so remote from everything and like, you know, being on the land, you got to like work from sun up to sun, sun up to sun down. And it's like, it takes a lot of your time. You're like married to the land for 10 months out of the year. Mm -hmm. And, um, it made it really complicated because when I'm not doing that, like, fucking growing my weed and my veggies and I also had animals um I needed to work on music but I needed to like go do some other work to like get me paid to like do what I need to do so yeah it made it hard to have a social life or to just take care of myself as Gabrielle and it did but you always find a way and that's also where some sacrifice comes in because it is necessary for maybe a couple of years you really have to just cut everything and mm. just do just that if you really want to get to where you want to go and so it was those those years of being there and after doing that for so long and making a good amount of money, I was like, I think this is it. Like I'm gonna move halfway across the country and get after it now. Yeah. You know, so yeah. You say halfway across the country, you mean a couple states over, but yeah, right. You on. know what I'm saying? Yeah. But uh <laughs> but uh no, I guess that's that's actually a good point though. Maybe I'm able to balance it more now better because I have a little bit more comfortable. Yeah. Like I'm not I feel stable too. Yeah, Being grounded mm -hmm. is a big big aspect maybe maybe that's why i'm able to do it a little better just mm -hmm. being a little bit more grounded and just mm -hmm. more comfortable stable is what stable. you said that's a good word for it yeah but uh yeah i guess you're right maybe you have to be like that for a bit where you can't turn it off mm -hmm. but i will say i'm a lot happier now yeah when i can turn it off and just go enjoy yeah. what you know go, take it all in more. yeah yeah go out you know experience something with somebody or go by myself and not be thinking about certain things. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot nicer. That's something I really struggled with for. It fucked me up for a bit. <laughs> Welcome. Feels good. It feels good. Feels good. Yeah. What I love else that. we got? So that's all the fan questions. Cool. Um, awesome. I do have another question. Um, if that's cool. Um, say nope. no. Say no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So um, <laughs> I'm gonna plug this in real quick too. I'm playing my first uh, show in Denver. Uh, July 26th, so it's at the black box for a DJ battle. But uh, I'm kind of going through this bit, and I've noticed when I played shows back home too, like leading up to the show, like uh, I would struggle producing. Uh, it's like, I guess, even when I'm not consciously stressed out about the show, like planning for it and getting ready for it, uh, I've noticed that it it, it affects me. Created creativity, my creativity, um kind of affects my moods and, and everything like that. So, like, how do you how do you deal with that pressure of going into a show? Like, for me, this even though it's my first one here, it's, like, it's a lot of pressure that I'm putting on myself more than anything because I want it to go well, obviously. So how do you deal with that? How do you balance out those aspects of, like, planning for your show, practicing the DJing, and also producing at the same time, putting in the work from all levels? Like, how do you make that work going in, like, in those, like, crunch time periods, I guess? Before I'm not Oh, I was going to say, Go before ahead. before you answer that, yeah, Jeremy, what was that date again? Uh, July 26th. July 26th. It's Tuesday. The my Black set's Box. at 8 o'clock. Cool. So. Everybody's listening to this show that's in the Denver area. Let's go out and support Jeremy. I'm going to be there in the crowd fucking shaking my ass, dude. Like, <laughs> I appreciate you yeah, guys. But, uh, yeah, that's a great question, Jeremy. 
It is. And that's actually something that I'm trying to figure out myself right now because it's the first time that I'm in it full time. Um, whereas like before, um, I wasn't producing as much. I, I, I just couldn't cause I had to work full time job and then plan for sets. So it's just not like, what can I do to make it work? I just really couldn't. So, um, I've been a slow producer for a really long time. And over these last couple of weeks, it's, it's definitely picked up a lot, but honestly, the best way to go about it is you need to, to stay organized is just put blocks on your calendar. Um, it's important to have that dedicated time where you're just going to do that. Um, so that's what I'm doing right now and seeing how that goes. It's a lot because I have like two, three coming up. I have like four shows in a row that I'm going to have to do. So it's a lot to prep for and work on this EP that I'm trying to finish before I go on this OPO tour. And um, it's just. Has that been announced yet? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Hope we were breaking news over here, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been announced. Um, and um, it's I'm noticing a lot of pressure on myself, too. So, unfortunately, I don't exactly how, have the answer to how to best go about it yet because it's a realm that I'm newly exploring myself. But so far what is happening is to have those calendar blocks because it creates structure in your day. Uh, whereas like I had my job, I had structure. I was up at 8.30. I was at my desk by 9. I was doing my work. And then from like 9 to 1, I would like take a two-hour break from work and like go do at music admin stuff. You know, like I had those blocks. That structure helped. But now that I don't, I'm creating one literally of my own. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> Calendar blocks and have some exercises for yourself to help with your anxiety. Mine is pacing. Um, I pace so and smoke weed. I masturbate. Um, mm. Be a good one if you're at the appropriate place. <laughs> Dude, do it in public. Always in public. What do yeah. You mean? Or like, outside like of a playground. No, 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 no. Ever do that in public. Tank looks up like, hold on, let's get out of hand, dude. We're obviously joking. <laughs> I like the fear of getting caught. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Put a little bit more German with it. I'm sorry, I added that in there. I had, I heard it. I just had to. <laughs> There's been a lot of times in this God, podcast damn. where I'm like, I hear a joke. I'm like, uh, hold it oh. back, hold it back. So many times, but I held it back. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 what I got. But as I learn about this more, um, I'm sure I'll be sharing about it. Dude, another thing that really helped me is a goal board. You know, you oh, said like nice. a calendar. And like a vision board too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got one really back cool. there. I got to reevaluate it. But I already have it because I always figure them out in my head. Mm-hmm. And those are my old ones back from – Louisiana, it's good to put it down where you're like looking at see it. See it every day. Know? Yeah. That's okay, something yeah. that's something that's helped me a lot. It was just a goal board. All right. This is where I want to be doing this by then. Mm-hmm. All right. You hit it. You knock it off, dude. That's a good fucking feeling. So like a really cute thing that Aaron and I did after New Year's is we made goals for each other. Like we oh. talked about our goals and we knew what we want to do and we knew where we were at. So we sat together and then we worked on his and then uh, we did the same thing for mine. Like as like. As, like, a team, like, okay, by this, we want to get, like, we want to have, like, this release. We want to have this amount of followers. We want to be able to have, like, we want to read up to, like, this amount of books or, you know, just, like, things that are all together. We want to get to this career gross uh, income, you know? Like, yeah. we, we did that, and it was really cool, and we've yeah. been marking some things off. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's beautiful, man. I love that y'all did that together, but, yeah, I was doing that by myself because I was lonely. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't. No, that's something, that's something that actually really helped me was just having a goal board. You yeah. know, like, all right, I want to be literally what you're saying at this point or this, you know, making this much or playing this many things or, you know, release, have a 
like when I was writing the comedy album or like the the album that I just wrote that's coming out later this year, I was just like I had all the ideas of things. A comedy I album? Yeah, I did that. That came out uh, December of last year as a comedy album. Songs okay. your wife leaves you to is the name of it. Okay. Um, if you want to have a good you know a good yeah. laugh, it's a fun one. <laughs> but like you know that album and the other album I did after that is just like I had like all the things ideas that I wanted to hit. Yeah. And I was just like marking them off. Like that That's helped so me. Cool. That helped me a lot. It, it it releases dopamine to write something down, do it and mark it off. It can be something yeah. as small as like you have a grocery list and you need oat milk for your coffee and you cross that off. Like I feel good. I'm like, fuck yeah. Got my oat milk. <laughs> Got that fucking milk. Got that oat milk. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it, it feels good. So when it's a goal, it's something bigger. It's something more meaningful to you. It's like it's 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 deep. So crossing that off, knowing you achieved that, it's it's that visual satisfaction of like I did it. Yeah. So yeah, it is. those and are good. The th- and also having a place where you can see it every day. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Desktop, so when you top s- a calendar. Mm-hmm. Like, so you sit down yeah. that day, you see it. Yeah. And if you don't do it. You see that you didn't do it. Yeah, right. You become more accountable. I was a failure today. Mm-hmm. I fucking, I'm so stupid. So stupid. So <laughs> stupid. You know all that shit. No, don't talk down to yourself. No, I like to. I like to talk down to myself. I like oh, okay. it. Okay, a dirty boy. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, this has been great. This has been good. Thank you. Mitch. Thank you so much for coming on today, Gabrielle. And and like, cause like, this was a good conversation. A lot more serious than what the show's normally like but yeah I, yeah 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 <laughs> kind of emotional yeah dude th- thanks for you know taking it serious no for real <laughs> no, i appreciate that it made me take it a little bit more serious i had to stop sure. myself on jokes a lot of times but no but it, no no no. it also it you know is a different perspective that the show has not had you know that i hadn't talked i haven't talked to a black girl about a lot of this stuff that's cool I'm thank you say, for being open yeah. to that and providing a platform for us to talk more about these things to create more awareness that's you like being part of the change. So thank you, Mitch. Thank you. Yeah. For real, thank you. This has <laughs> been great. Is there uh, anything you want to tell the people uh, before you get out of here? Anything you got coming up? Any Anything that's not announced that you want to announce? I know your manager's in here, but fuck them. Um, but nah, like, you know. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> what do you think? Break news, dude. Oh, he's shaking his head. No. Damn it. So most people don't break their managers, and so they're just like, we're like, yeah, we're comfortable. We'll break I can, news. I could talk about some music projects. Yeah, go for um, it. Like a lot of people know, I got a collab with Zed's Dead. So. Oh, dude, I saw that, man. Yeah. I got to premiere at uh, Mission Ballroom. Yeah, it was a crazy moment. I was just like crying on stage, like super stoked about it. So I'm actually wrapping it up in the next couple of days and sending it back to them to do some more parts to it and whatnot. Um and I am doing a remix. This is not announced yet, but I'm excited to share it. But I'm doing a remix for John Casey, um, his BTT remix. We're stoked. Hell yeah, so breaking good. news over here. We were just at Audio Autistic, uh, and uh, I showed it to him, and it was nice to like show it to him like in the Ableton project. And he's like, yes. Um, got another collab coming, another collab coming. And With who? Ooh, I can't drop those just. Damn it! <laughs> we already talked about the ZZ one, but y'all played it live. That's cool, dude. How stoked were you whenever you're like, whenever it got confirmed, like we're doing a track? I mean, it just happened so casually, you know. Like I've been playing a lot of shows with the boys, and it was our uh, Charlotte. Yeah, we were at Charlotte, and uh, I was just talking with Zach, and we were just talking about dubstep and the history of it, and our past with it and he's like yeah i want to i want to get with you and like let's make something and i'm like oh my god this is sick and he's like i want to get with you you're like whoa yeah i know <laughs> no, no, no. i'm joking dude. <laughs> <laughs> one of them jokes yeah, 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 yeah he's yeah. got a beautiful fiance chanel i fucking 
love her to pieces. Um, but yeah, and and then like a little bit of time went by and hit me up with it, and he he sent me over the idea, and I've been working on it for a while, and I'm about to send it back. So it's it's been really fun. Like it's really cool. Um, I love the style and the direction that we're going with it. It starts off with like some old school like dubstep, where you hear like a lot of Mala vibes and goth trad inspiration. I mean, even some old school Zed's Dead stuff, of course, obviously. Yeah. But it's just really, I feel like it really encompasses the start of the dubstep sound, you know? Mm -hmm. And then we go into, like, this breakdown, and then the second half is a little more modern dubstep, a little more postmodern dubstep, and it's just, like, so beautiful and musical. I do have a hand drum segment in there that I've been working on for the last few days. Um, the only other track where I did a segment of that in was uh, my collab with DJ Afterthought uh, called Dream State. I don't really do that too much. I like to record my drums and then use it as sound design and make it sound different but like to actually play over it is like new because playing drums has just been like my personal thing it's like my therapy i didn't get into it to like play it for other people it's really for me yeah um but i'm doing a little bit more and it's exciting so i'm glad to have it in the in the collab with them hell yeah that's awesome i'm excited for it. that's huge yeah that's big <laughs> stuff dude but uh yeah i'm excited for that i um yeah i just appreciate you coming on the show today you know sharing your story and you know you know being open i appreciate that as well you know it's always nice whenever it can just be a real last conversation. So, hey, thanks everyone for joining. Yeah, appreciate you. It's been nice. this was great, and I uh, appreciate you, Jeremy. Yeah, man, thank you. Yeah, Stay thank you. Appreciate you giving me the opportunity to run this for y'all. I've yeah. met some great people uh, so far on this. I always, every time I come over here and, and do this, I always learn something new. Yeah. So learn about uh, producers I may not know much about, but I've definitely seen them uh, around the scene and like just being able to get to know the producer slash DJ. And take them off that little, like, not that, I don't want to say high horse, but take them off the pedestal <laughs> that people puts, puts them on and, like, y'all are actual people. Y'all yeah. aren't, you know, y'all aren't. humans. Yeah, yeah. Y'all aren't these <laughs> crazy godlike people that, like, you know, we should be intimidated <laughs> to talk to. You know, y'all are, are genuine people, so it's always nice to know everybody. Wow. Oh, sweet. Thank you for your questions too. They were yeah, really they're good. Wow, Jeremy, way to get deep on us. But <laughs> no, man, dude, I'm just, I'm just, I'm grateful for the opportunity, man. Invoking emotion. Yeah, yeah, dude. But I appreciate, you, appreciate you, appreciate you, and I appreciate everybody listening this week's episode of Talks with Taboo. I will see y'all next week. Have a good week. Be good. Peace.